0: Hey, you're listening to the GGC Life podcast. Weekly messages from our Sunday services. We hope this message encourages you. Be blessed. Hey, this is such a weird feeling. I have to say, uh, I'm going to be honest to you right now. It's a really weird feeling um, to be in my good clothes. Uh, i don't know about you but this is probably one of the first times i've worn skinny jeans in the last seven uh weeks so i'm feeling kind of weird right now uh most of you guys are probably in your like home bummy kind of gear Uh, i've pretty much lived in my robe for the last um seven weeks. The other week, uh, we, we were walking around, we were walking around the, uh, going we for an exercise with the kids and they were scootering. Um, now they were in their onesies the whole time out in public. And I'm walking around in my robe and, and, and in my Ugg boots and people were looking at us like, what the heck is going on with you guys? But lo and behold, I think everyone is now in the exact same situation. We're all just wearing our comfort clothes and, um, it's weird. So much has changed. Like, um, everything's changed. You know, for a lot of us, we've become teachers without even getting a degree. And uh that's worrying for my kids, uh, the fact that they're being taught by me, um, schoolwork. But with some of us have been teachers, um, you know, all of, we're, we're now on Zoom all the time, and so much has changed. I'm preaching to you off a laptop, which is the most weirdest thing I've ever ever done. Um, you know, I connect with on Zoom. Um, the church doors are closed. But can I can can I say this? So much has changed. We're living in a world of constant change right now. We're always having to keep up uh, at 11 o'clock and about what's the new change? What's the new thing that's going to happen? But one thing has not changed and that's God's agenda for humanity. Doesn't matter what happens throughout the world. Doesn't matter what changes are being brought. His agenda for humanity has not changed, will never change. And it's something that we need to get alongside with. I read this morning that the buildings are empty. The church buildings are empty because the church is being deployed. And just because we're on lockdown, it doesn't mean God is on lockdown. His mission isn't on lockdown. His mission is never on pause. Its mission is for now. And we need to take a hold of it now, not waiting. For when lockdown is over we're not waiting for when the church doors are open again we're not waiting when we can gather because god's agenda for humanity is he and now amen let me say amen or type it in the chat uh, for you guys on facebook or youtube psalm 57 says this i cry out to the lord god most high to god who fulfills his purpose for me, you see, for a lot of us, we're at home and we're there going, What's my purpose? I'm just doing the same old thing. I'm at home, same new routine that I'm doing. But the key to understanding God's purpose for my life is found there that it's His purpose for me. So, God's purpose for our lives has two major aspects it's His purpose for the world to come, and the purpose for this present world now so what's his purpose what is the purpose of god today it's simply yes i'm here hello yep leon froze okay can i keep going i don't know just go for it (laughs) all right i'm gonna keep going this is good taper i'm going to keep going so what is his purpose what's his purpose here on earth it's this very simple people saved people discipled let me say it again it's people saved but it's people discipled i kept asking god what's my purpose what am i here to do when i should have been asking this very very simple question this is what i should have been asking a long time ago ready it's hey god for the last two thousand years you had a purpose, you had an agenda, agenda. what is it? And how can I be a part of that purpose today? So each one of us has a purpose. Now purpose is this, it's connected to his deployment. Where you are right now, you might be on a construction site, you might be at home, you might be in a hospital uh, working, you might be in retail, whatever it is, you have a divine assignment with an eternal purpose and this is what it is if you listen to the sound of my voice it is it's to make followers of jesus everywhere you go the agenda is to make jesus known throughout the world and to make followers of jesus so if you're with me the title of this message is the making of a follower the making of a follower his mission our mandate is to go. Matthew 28, if I can read this, it says, go, go. It's one word with a thousand possibilities. But what's he say? He says, go, therefore. And what? And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I will always be with you to the very end of time. Go, go what? Go wait until lockdown's over. Go wait until the doors are open again. Go make disciples now. It's not a time that we switch off actually, because more than ever in this season where there's so much fear, so much panic, so much uncertainty is when we need to be helping people to become more like Jesus a living to his, according to his word. So a disciple is this, it's a follower of Jesus. Someone who lives the way Jesus lived. And we are called to make followers unto Jesus, never to ourselves. We don't make followers. I don't want many cells after me. I actually want people to look just like Jesus and walk like Jesus. The world needs you and I, the church to live in such a way where we bring God's presence in every situation. We need to be the salt to the earth. We need to be light now. We need to bring hope now. We need to bring freedom now. We need to be a people that bring peace now. There's an urgency and it's now go. God is using the church right now. So making of a follower. Disciples are made. Sorry, disciples are not born. They are made. And our mandate is to go make them. So what I'm going to do is this. I'm going to run through a couple of steps that I think we need to be putting into place so we can go and make followers everywhere we go. So you're ready. Ready? Number one, if you want to take on this mission for yourselves and actually want to make followers, because we're all called to, we don't want to, this is our purpose, we need to, number one, we need to become our follower ourselves. Um, I have a one-year-old, almost one. Can you believe my daughter is almost one? She's crawling around and getting into everything. But Aria, she loves the Wiggles. And uh, I've been a big fan of the Wiggles for over 10 years now with all my kids. And um, I've been really challenged by the Wiggles because in one of their songs, it reminds me of what I'm called to do to be a follower. And it's called follow the leader. And you know, if you don't the lyrics and you can sing along at home, it's follow the leader. And he goes, do as I do, do as he did. We cannot follow someone unless we know who we are following. It's not about knowing about this person, but it's knowing Jesus, for ourselves, not what we've known about him, but knowing him today. Let me turn to Philippians three. It says here, Philippians three in verse seven, it's Paul speaking. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing, knowing Christ as what? As my Lord, it's personal. I know him as my Lord. For his sake, I've suffered the loss of all things. And this is Paul. I count them as rubbish, as absolute nothing, in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. We're not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but one which that comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God that depends on faith. And then he continues, he goes, that I may know him and I know the power of his resurrection. And I may share with his sufferings, becoming like him into his death. By that means I may be attaining to the resurrection of the dead. Hey, our goal is to know him and be known by him. That's how we do it. So you guys might know my wife. Um, her name's laurie You can uh YouTube her, Facebook or I don't think you can YouTube her, maybe I don't know. But you can Google her, you can Facebook her, you can know a bit about her, um, you know. But here's the deal, right? Do you know what she's like when she's tired? Do you know uh, what she's like when she gets annoyed? Do you know what she's like when she gets excited? You probably don't unless you really know her, unless you spend time with her. You can ask me, I can DM you later, what she's like when she's tired, uh, like everyone else, grumpy. But the only way you get to know her, right, is if you know her, not about her, know her. And this is the same with Jesus. You can only know about Jesus when you're in the word and when you spend time with him. And then you can ask that that age old question, what would Jesus do? In a time like today, what would he do? When you get to know who he is, when you get to see how Jesus lived, you get to know what he did in circumstances and our job, Our role is to follow in his exact same footsteps. We're not saying, hey, because the church did this in the past, this is what we should do now in this era. No, no, no. What did Jesus do? He's perfect theology, but you're not going to know it unless you know him. In Matthew 4, 19, this is when Jesus, before, as he starts his ministry, he says to um, his disciples, the first two, he says this, he says, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men follow me these guys they dropped everything to follow a wandering preacher they dropped their livelihood their security of income and their business to follow jesus you know they wouldn't have had all the revelation we have today they didn't have the new testament they didn't see a miracle they just heard him start preaching maybe they've heard of him through john the baptist they heard of him but they don't know him but yet they 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 dropped all they had they let go of what they held and they followed him? Why is it that today? I believe, this is asking my wife this, with all the revelation I have, with all the knowledge I have, with all the miracles I've encountered, with, with the word of God in my hand, full of times I've sent Jesus, why can it be so hard to drop, to let go, surrender everything and follow him? I think we need to get back to, to, to how good and how amazing he is. But could it be that maybe that we've given Jesus our heart, but we haven't given him our lifestyle? Maybe we, we, we've given him our life, but we haven't given him our thoughts, our worries, our the way we live. What do we need to lay aside so we can grab hold of him? What do we need to let go of? Is it our desires, our dreams, our goals, our hurt, our pain, our pride, our offense? We need to lay them all down so we can follow him, lay down to follow him. The very thing that might be holding us back from completely surrendering him is what he's asking you to let go. Now, many people claim to be Christians, right? You see it all over America. I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. But there's a difference between being a fan of Jesus and being a follower of Jesus. And it's found in Mark 8:34. This is Jesus. To be a follower of Jesus, he says this, he called to the crowd and he said, whoever wants to be my disciple, everybody say disciple, disciple, disciple. They must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Now, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever tried to deny yourself of things that you know are bad for you on your own? It's impossible. Man, I can't even control myself at home when there's a when there's chocolate. I get home I, I, at night. I'm like, oh, I feel like chocolate. I know I should, I know I should, I know I should. Ten minutes later, I'm eating like a bar of chocolate. I'm like, what am I doing? It's so hard sometimes to deny yourself, right? And 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 Throughout my 20 years of being a believer and a follower and disciple of Jesus, the only way I've been able to follow Christ in the hardest moments, during temptation, during being offended and wanting to stop and give it all up to overcome sin, the only way I've been able to do that is through accountability. See, a leader being there who is further along the journey to help guide me. You know, I'm so blessed in in the season i'm in right now because god has blessed us with incredible leaders everywhere we go and and the reason why i am here who i am today in these last 10 years is that i've submitted myself under authority you know leo and christine uh, they're our senior pastors and i i i give a lot of who i am today because of what they've led me through my family through guided me through when i felt like giving up when i felt like quitting when i felt like this is too hard I, i i i approach with humility And and, and it's like, hey, help me through this. And they guide me. And this is an incredible thing. This is very important because so many of us sometimes can feel that, hey, I I don't don't need someone to show me what to do. I I know enough. I know it all. I've read this. I, I don't need anyone to help. Hey, you know what? If we know so much and yet our lives aren't transformed because of what we know, maybe we don't know it too well. And we need to be led by people so we can actually become more like Christ. Jesus, he said in Luke 5, 19 says the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he father sees him doing because whatever the father, son, father does, the son does also. And he knew what it was to be under authority. He was under God's authority. And the, the centurion as well, Matthew 8, he says, Lord, I don't have deserve you to come to my home. Just say the word my son will be healed for I'm a man as well under authority. So he's saying, Hey, from, I'm a man as well under authority. You know, the Sermitorium walked under authority. His disciples walked under authority. Jesus walked under his father's under authority. Guess what? We need to live under authority of leaders in Hebrews 13, seven says, remember your leaders, those who spoke to you, the word of God, consider their outcome and their way of life and imitate their faith. And then in verse 17 says, obey your leaders and submit to them. And that's hard. It says, obey and submit, for they are keeping watch over your souls. They they care about you. We care about you. Those uh, who have to give an account, let them do it with joy, not with groaning. Not groaning. <laughs> um, for that would be no advantage to you. You know, I think it was Bill Johnson who said this. Uh, do you have a leader in your life that, that you believe he's God better than you? Let me say it again. Do you have a leader in your life that you believe he's God better than you? We can all hear God, right? God speaks to us all, but we do know that sometimes it's filtered. It can be how we hear it, we can hear it with a filtered heart. And sometimes we need someone who's actually further along the journey than us, who who is actually a hearing God and walking well can help us guide us. And, and that takes humility. That takes knowing that we don't know it all. That means I can get it wrong. And so I check and and, and I'm asking you, I'm pleading, please. If you don't have someone reach out, reach out um, to someone. Don't let pride, don't let your heart get in the way. We all need someone. But what leaders should we be following? Those who imitate Jesus. If our leaders look and imitate Jesus, there's someone we should be following. Number two. So once we... Uh, become followers, we need to bring others along the journey with us. So who you follow will determine where others are heading. It's follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. It's follow me. So the truth is this discipleship is a very big word that people get freaked out about because it's like, oh, I'm not, I'm not meant to be a disciple. Like who am I to disciple? C- can I just say this? The truth is making disciples is for everyone. It's for the moms, the dads, the kids, students, workers, everyone. We are all called to go and make disciples. Maybe you're home and you're like, yeah, but the only people I can speak to right now, are my children, Hey, they are the best place to start, to raise them in the ways of God. Teach them what you know. Show them what you know. It's an absolute honor for me to be able to teach my children um, about Jesus and actually disciple them. Now, you don't need to be perfect, but you need to be someone that will lead people to Jesus. And G- God, Jesus. If you read this, this whole book, it's full of imperfect people who had a heart for God and was and, and walked in humility and ready to be taught. It means you don't have to be perfect. You just need to lead people to Jesus. I'm far from perfect. I make mistakes. I can get offended. I can get worried. I can lose my faith sometimes in the past. You know, I'm real, but you know, I go to God. I deal with it. I'm accountable to Leo. I speak to him and guess what I do? Those who I lead, I bring them on a journey to where I've been. So we need to make sure that we're imitating well so others can follow our lives. In 1 Peter 2, 1 Peter 2 21, it says this for you've been called for this purpose since Christ also suffered for you, leaving an example for you to follow in his footsteps. How do we disciple people? We follow in the footsteps of Jesus while we bring someone on the journey with us. Discipleship isn't just teaching what you know, they don't need a teacher, he's our teacher. Yes, teach what you know, but it's not just that, it's taking them to where you have been well who's excited that very very soon we're about to go on a holiday when this is all over we're going on holidays i reckon houses will be empty maybe let you know where you're going to go on a holiday um i'm i'm keen we're going to go to japan um i've already said this to uh my family we're going to japan and i'm keen it's gonna be great right but here's the deal right um it's it's here's the deal when, when you're wanting on a holiday, there's two types of people. There's the travel agent and the travel guy, and they've got. They're both important, and they both have um, different functions, right? One gives you facts about the place, and they can book the place for you, and they can they can give you all these pamphlets and go, hey, read, read, read. But the other actually has experienced something, has been there before you. They know it so well that they are going to take you on the journey where they have been. Making disciples and making followers of Christ means we need to be travel guides to those around us. That means we are taking them on a journey of where we've been so they can follow it through with us. Jesus was great at this. Um, If you read your scripture, Jesus, it says many times that he went to the mountaintop, went to the mountaintop, went to the mountaintop. And then in Matthew 17, it says, um, Jesus took with him, Peter, James and John, up to the mountaintops. Like, so he'd been there so much. So it's like, hey, boys. Let's go. We're going up. I'm going to show you what I've seen. And there they see something absolutely beautiful. They see Jesus transfigured and, and, and their lives are absolutely changed because of what happened. Jesus had been on the mountaintop and took people with them. Can I encourage you that we cannot take people... To a place that we haven't been ourselves. We can tell them about it. We can tell them about the peace of God. We can tell them how to trust God. But if we haven't trust God in our own lives, if we haven't gone after Him and experienced His peace, we're not actually taking them to a place. We're just giving information. We can't lead where we've never been. That means we have to go after it ourselves. That means I need to go after breakthrough for my own life. I need to go after peace for my own life, and then from that place, I can lead people to experience what i've experienced with god i hope this is helping someone i really hope this is uh breaking some things down that discipleship is not this big scary thing that you need to go to bible college for. no 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 you need to know him you need to follow him you need to go after breakthroughs and then you bring someone on the journey you have been anyone can do it it's so awesome one of my connect boys um it's really cool one of my connect boys we catch up during lockdown uh because we live in the 5k it's all good and uh we go for exercise walks and it's really cool because he's under authority i've been able to share with him where i've been with god and with some things and guess what he's doing he's been saved a year and he's doing the exact same thing with someone else in our church under the covering under uh, in it like it's beautiful and now he's discipling someone else and then my encouragement is like hey Who's he going to disciple? Who are we bringing on this journey? Because that's what we are called to do. It's absolutely, inco- it's awesome. So it's important to know where you're going so we can bring people. And today, can I be honest? We have, look at this. We have so many ways that we can disciple people. We can go on a Bible plan and uh, go download the version app after this and get people uh, that, you know, your friends are, Hey, let's do a Bible study together. And then, and then go on that, you know, you can go on walks, call someone, pray for them, send them text messages, you know, get someone in your heart. God, who can I disciple? Who can I share this with? And then start calling them, text them, be there for them. There's so many ways. Hey, run an alpha course. We have so much stuff available. We're having an alpha course at two o'clock today. Call someone and go, Hey, get on this link. I'm doing it with you. Disciple someone, anyone, Um, and bring people on a journey with you. My encouragement is this, is do it the way you've called them to be. If you're an arm, be an arm. If you're a mum, be a mum. If you're a dad, be a dad. If you're a father, be whatever it is. Be who God's called you to be and reach out. But this is about discipleship. It's interesting. I hope this helps. Discipleship is influence. But influence is not always discipleship. Let me say that again. Discipleship is influence, but influence is not always discipleship. To disciple someone means you're influencing them. But when you influence someone, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're discipling them. See, to influence can be to be on Facebook and Insta and all that stuff and get likes, but to disciple, it's not about getting the likes, it's actually about helping people become like Christ. You see, it's a road less traveled, but it's a road we must travel on together in community. It's very important because when you're discipling, we're dealing with sin issues. We're dealing with hurt. We're dealing with shame. We're dealing with people's brokenness and we're helping them. We're helping them. only Jesus can heal, but we're bringing them to a place with Christ where he can set people free. It means being with them in the middle of a storm, just being them. You need to be the leader that they need you to be, not the leader they want you to be. And that means having some hard conversation. And for those who are being discipled, allow your leaders to speak into your life to challenge because they have your best interest at heart they love you and they care for you so my question is this who are you allowing to speak into your life who are you allowing to disciple you and who are you discipling number three is this my final point is this be filled to give out be filled to give out who knows that the more you spend and the less you put into your bank account the more negatives you get. I'm the spender of my family, not my wife. There's been times where I've seen a negative next to a number. I'm like, babe, don't spend anything. We haven't put any money in Because why? Because I spent it. Um, and this is the same for our spiritual and mental lives. That the more we give out, you know, the more we give out, the more we need to make sure we're being filled in again. You might not be, you know, like, what do you mean? I am like, go to God and be filled. God is amazing because he sends, sorry, he sends um he sends warning signs, you know. That, that it's like a car. Your, your your light comes on and there's a warning. Hey, 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 you're about to run out, you're on empty. Now you can be like me and think, oh, I've still got days. You know, one of those drivers who is like, oh, it's on orange. Don't worry, man. I've got three days. It happened to us once. We're driving back from church. I'm on the M4. Man, I got time. Don't worry about it. My wife's like, go, 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 petrol. No, 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 no. I've got it. I've got it. I'm good. Don't tell me how to drive, babe. I've got this. Lo and behold. Pride kicks in and my car breaks on the side of the road on the M4. Yes, we literally had a pullover. Toys had a car. It was a big scene all because I didn't listen to the warning signal that the car was giving me. God has given us warning signals. We know, and those who lead you, they will know when these signals come up. Now it's up to us to make sure that we stay full before we dry out. John 15, Jesus says, I am the true vine. My father is the gardener. He cuts off every tree in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does, he prunes. So they will be more fruitful. And he says, you are already clean because of the word I've spoken of you. So Jesus says this, church, remain in me as I remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit, neither can I bear fruit, on our own. It's not going to happen. He says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you cannot do nothing. If you remain in me, you're like the branch, and goes, If you don't remain in me, you're like a branch is thrown away and it's withered. And then he says, This, if you remain in me, my words will remain in you. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. It says, this This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. Showing yourselves to be my disciples. Being a disciple means bearing fruit, being connected to Jesus. Mm. I I read this. Jesus describes himself as the true vine, the only real option to obtain life. There are other competing vines that offer a pseudo power source that lacks any sustaining strength if you're feeling dry if you're feeling empty and depleted could it be that we've attached ourselves to other competing vines in our lives that let off a sense of power but actually is not genuine and you will end up dry that you know we need to be in a place of overflowing because then when we overflow we can't become Dryden up. If we put a lid, if we put a cap on this flowing, we'll eventually dry out. But if there's an overflowing from Jesus continually ministering to us, guess what? It's going to seep out. And then when you lead people, you lead from a place of abundance. You lead from a place of more of the overflow. They get your best because they get Christ in you, not the, not the Sal in you or who, or or the whoever's in. Like it's Jesus in you that comes out so don't be like our cars at the moment lockdown no one's filling up their gas right i don't remember last time i put more than 10 20 bucks in my car because i'm not using it right and so we can have this attitude it's like hey i'm at home i don't need to go and be fueled i'm at home but but this is it we're not we are always switched on if we think we can just stay at a minimum when the storm hits our lives Guess what? We're going to be drowning. The Bible says, be prepared in every season. 2 Timothy 1, it's 2 Timothy 4, 2, preach the word, proclaim his name. And he goes, be prepared, be instant in every season, in and out of season. 1 Peter 3.15. It says, be prepared to make a defense for anyone who asks about it. We need to be prepared. Don't switch off from God. Switch on to Him. And I want to leave you with this. Isaiah 40.31. It's my life verse. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. If you're listening to me, wait on the Lord. Trust in Him. Spend time with Him every day. He will renew your strength. They shall mount up on the wings like eagles. They shall run and they're not going to grow weary. They shall walk and they're not going to grow faint. You know what? A place of rest with Christ looks like running and walking into our future. We can live in a place where we're rested, where we're waiting, where we're trusting, and we're gonna run, we're not gonna grow weary, we're gonna walk, we're not gonna grow faint, we're gonna mount up on the wings of eagles, and we're gonna soar, but that's only if we wait. This is all about discipleship. This is my encouragement to you. The buildings are closed, but the church is deployed. Now is the time, Not, 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 not when we meet, Now, now is the day of salvation. So get full, get discipled, and make followers. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to the GGC Life Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. For more, please visit our website, ggclife.com, or email us, GGClife at ggclife.com. From our house to yours, be blessed.